All right, so we're back on soteriology. I think this one is our 11th um, in our study of soteriology. So we've, we've made some good progress, but we have a ways to go yet. So soteriology is the study of salvation. Uh, the study of salvation. And two weeks ago, two or no, three weeks ago, three Sundays ago was our last study, and we were looking at the atonement. So we'll pick it up back there, but... Let's orient ourselves, our outline of our study of salvation. Um, we did our introduction, laid some groundwork to the discussion, um, laid out some key questions we wanted to discuss. And then we're working through it, trying to about chronologically. So first, we have what happened prior to the salvific moment in any individual's life. What was God up to in eternity past? How has he worked for salvation? Then we will talk about at the salvific moment, things like faith and repentance, what actually occurs when one is saved. And then the last is following the salvific moment, things like sanctification, glorification, some of those conversations, um, eternal security. So prior to the salvific moment, we've talked through God's forbearance, that he's patient, that that's why there's salvation at all, that he didn't immediately destroy us as we would have deserved. Um, then we talked through God's foreknowledge, how he foreknew those who would be saved. Um, and we talked with that about election. As Peter put it, we're elect according to the foreknowledge of God. So we talked through that election being God's choosing us. And we talked about predestination, again, linked to those ideas and then last week, we talked about the atonement. And somebody help us out. What was the atonement? What was kind of, how would you define that? Tim? Yeah, at one minute. That's where the English word came from, was at one minute. So, reconciliation of two parties. Yeah, the Hebrew word has the idea of covering. It's the same word that God used when he told Noah to cover the ark with pitch, to cover it. Um, same word, he used the word to make an atonement. But then we, got, we went and looked at some of the sacrifices in the Old Testament. Leviticus 1 through 7 gave the five primary uh, sacrifices um, the burn offering, grain offering, the peace offering, the sin offering, and the trespass offering. And three of those were, um, as Leviticus puts it, to make atonement. So we talked a little bit about that and then brought it how Christ's sacrifice made atonement for our sins, for the sins of, of all. But then we have two primary questions that we want to talk about as it relates to the atonement. First of all, the nature of the atonement. There are many theories of what is the atonement. But, uh, so we want to talk about that because that one is important to our understanding of the gospel. Um, if we get the nature of the atonement wrong, then we get the gospel wrong. But then the second question is the extent of the atonement. And that one, there's some room for disagreement. Um, it's less essential to our um, orthodox understanding of the gospel. So we'll spend less time on it. But let's talk about it. So I tried to give you... Did everyone get a handout? I'm sorry, Kendra. 
So I tried to put it in a chart form. These are representative, um, but here are some false theories of the atonement. Um, so do you, feel like, do you feel like you understand where we're talking about what the atonement is? Do we define that well enough? Christ's sacrificial work, the shedding of his blood, his death as our substitute to pay the price for our sins, to satisfy the wrath of God, and to afford the opportunity for redemption, for forgiveness of our sins and eternal life. So it's Christ's substitutionary death as the sacrifice. Okay, so then there's false views of the atonement. So starting out with the ransom to Satan theory, um, Sorry, I accidentally put the problem on. But so proponents of this view, um, it started back with Origen, who was, he lived in the early centuries after Christ. Um, he was the one who first developed this view that we know of. And then the view was also, excuse me, held by Augustine um, in church history. So a basic description of it. This view sees Christ's death as a ransom payment made to Satan in order to free us from bondage to Satan. So Christ's death was a ransom paid to Satan to free us from bondage to Satan. What do you think? What? Uh, oh, this is the false one. These are false theories, okay, yes. Like Whoa. Whoa. I can't the wrong church today. Yeah, I know. I'm like, wait, where are we at? So it is false. <laughs> Question, though, where, where does this view go wrong? Okay, God doesn't owe Satan anything. It's true. And even Jesus, when he was in the wilderness, was like, as it is written, you will serve your God. Mm -hmm. It's true. Um, a pretty picturesque illustration of this view of the atonement. How many of you have read or watched the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? So this is the view that um, is pictured in that. It makes for a good story, but when... Edmund has betrayed, and he's betrayed to the white witch. The white witch pictures Satan. Aslan pictures Christ. Aslan gives himself as a ransom payment to the white witch in order to redeem Edmund. So it makes for a really good story. But, sorry. That's true. That's fair. So there is a deeper law, the deep magic that uh, yeah, the that the stone would break and that Aslan would rise again. Mm -hmm. Yep. Probably. It's fair <laughs> enough. But the question is. Okay, if we're going to have a problem with this view, the question is, to whom was Christ's payment made? So, in that, it does seem, at least the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, it seems like Aslan's making the payment to the white rich. But, to whom was the payment of Christ's sacrifice made? Yeah, it was actually made to God the Father. Can you think of any, any texts that might help us there? Another question that might help us, Whose holiness demanded an atonement in the first place? 
Any texts that come to mind that would help us here? What's wrong with this theory of the atonement? Nothing to do with like, Satan. Really right? so it's good. So the whole Old Testament sacrificial system, it's all Godward. Yeah. Nothing to do with Satan. Exactly. It's good. Tim? That's right. Satan himself is in trouble, but he can't get out of it. I have a question. Sure. This is like kind of off topic, but if we were to pray for Satan, could we be saved now? Or like... I mean, obviously not because the Bible doing that, but it's not like, that. No. like, why can't he be redeemed back? Because he's just blasphemed God so much, or what? It's a good question. Maybe we don't even have to go on to it, because that's really, I just like talking about it. I agree. I think that's a, I think that's a deep question, but it's really important to think about. Go ahead, Tim. Yeah, because the question really gets back to, so the, the short answer is no, Satan could not be saved. But then the question is, well, why? Why did God afford redemption for mankind, but not for the fallen angels? In his infinite wisdom. It's well, like... Show the angels in the first place, like in Ephesians talk about, mm-hmm. like a spectacle to them or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the angels desire to look into these things. They're like, oh, this is fascinating. Yep. Candace? Are there any scriptures that explain that God didn't, doesn't give, like, the fallen angels a second chance? Because literally, Judy has been praying for Satan, like, all week. Oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Like, she. Not for Satan. No, no, no. For Satan. Yes. <laughs> and to. No. She's no. praying for him to be saved. Yeah, she's like, but God all of us a chance, and I'm like, you're a poor, innocent soul. Right. But is there anything I can show her in the Bible that's kind of explains that a little bit more? Um, well, what first popped into my mind was Revelation 19 to 20, because okay. Satan's doom is sealed. Right. Um, in that it's already prophesied that he's going to be cast into the lake of fire. Okay. Yeah. And then you just, and then there was a Bible verse that said that angels cannot have the salvation that he needs yeah yeah it's it's talking about how the angels they long to look into these things I think it's in Ephesians 3 yep so Ephesians 3 10 well verse 9 to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hidden God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known, <coughs> sorry, might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. So talking about he's making known God's wisdom to the angelic realms. Yeah. 
But so the question why, why didn't God afford redemption for the angelic realm? We don't really know. But mankind being made in God's image, that plays into it probably. The fact that the angels already had behold beheld God face to face, like they had already seen God and knew he was the creator face to face, and yet and they still a third of them deserted. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. At that point, you're like, <laughs> you're man, yeah. yeah. Right. Which is amazing because the same thing happens in Revelation 20 and 21 when um, these people have lived in the millennium and they've witnessed Jesus Christ reigning as king on earth and then yet they still forsake and they follow Satan in a rebellion against Christ and they get wiped out. So, so one more thing now on her daughter. Is it almost kind of like dangerous for her to be playing for Satan? Or like, you know, she could be like maybe inviting someone in or is it more just like... Um, well, if it's praying for Satan's salvation, probably not. Okay, I'm just Sounds, Satan yeah. 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 If it was praying to Satan, that'd be another story, right? Right. Sounds like she's a very loving person. It's pretty impressive. Um, this view also, this view really has way too high of a view of Satan. Um, people, people tend to think, well, in the universe, there's a cosmic good and a cosmic evil, and these two forces are equally matched. And so that's why we hang in the balance. Will good win? Will evil win? Is that the yin-yang? Yeah. yeah. Yin-yang. It goes by many names, but it's totally false. Because Satan is finite, created by God, whereas God, he is the creator. He's infinite. Um, so it has too high of a view of Satan. But also I love here, this is um, a guy by the last name of Enns. He wrote, it's called the Moody Handbook of Theology. The last phrase there, the cross was a judgment of Satan, not a ransom to Satan. So the, just a distinction there. That's the Genesis 3.15, the um, seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. It happened at the cross. It wasn't a ransom to Satan. A judgment of Satan? So what is that like? What does that mean? So like Satan now is still alive and active in the world and deceiving the nations, but he's a defeated foe. Like his doom is sealed. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Christ already dealt the death blow. It's just awaiting its enactment. So another false theory, does anyone know what recapitulation is, like in the terms of biology? Recap. 
because this one, I was trying really hard to even understand the word recapitulation. Um, this was pioneered by a guy named Irenaeus, another early church father. Um, basically, so recapitulation in biology says that, um, and don't quote me, I'm not a biologist, but it basically says that, okay, we have this evolutionary process, and so all these organisms have gone through evolution to become what they are today, but any organism in its inception now, in its beginning, it's going to go through all of those stages during its embryonic phase, right? So like that means that when we were conceived, we went through a little stage before we became human that we were an, um, an ape in our mother's womb. Does that make sense? So we recapitulate all those stages before we become human. Does that make sense? So recapitulation, that's how it's used in biology, and I don't think I fully understand that, but this view teaches that Jesus recapitulated, so he went through every phase that Adam went through in order to succeed in the areas of Adam's failure. We all understand that. Adam failed. He messed up big time. And he went through the stage of being perfect and then falling and then being redeemed. So there's a big problem with this view is that it says not only did Jesus succeed where Adam failed, but he had to go through sin in order to get there. Um, we understand Jesus is the last Adam. 1 Corinthians 15 and Romans 5 talk a lot about that. But Jesus did not know sin. Otherwise, he couldn't have been the spotless Lamb of God. Um, so this theory of the atonement, is, it's got some truth to it. Christ is the last Adam. But it's missing the primary point of the atonement. Okay, so then this one, uh, the commercial or satisfaction theory, um, was pioneered by, again, a guy named Anselm in the thousands to 1100s AD. Um, he essentially said that when mankind sinned, God, God deserves all honor. But mankind's sin robbed God of honor that was rightfully his. Well, then what this does is it makes mankind's greatest problem not our sin-deserving punishment, but our inability to give God the honor that we stole from him, that he deserves. So then we need to be able to have some sort of honor to give back to him to pay our debt. So that's then where this kicks in and says, well, that's what Christ did. Christ's death was an act of such utmost honor to God that then he has like surplus honor and he gets a reward from God that he can come and give us that we can turn around and now we can have um, we can give this honor back to God and have our debt forgiven. Does that make sense? It's kind of like work by works. Like the, like the better you are, the better you're going to help repay that. Yeah, kind of like that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thoughts on this? What's wrong with this view? Like We're saved by, with, by grace by faith alone. That's right, by grace through faith. Well done. Amen. Warren? If this thing was true, if this um, view was true, that we could take honor and glory from the Lord or give it to Him or whatever, then we could technically just save ourselves if this was true. Yeah. Yeah, we would be working to save ourselves. Right. Yeah. 
And in Anselm's defense, I don't think he's saying that we work for our salvation. He's just getting at, he thinks that Christ just did such, a, such a, an immensely honoring act to God that he has surplus honor that he can give us to help us. Does that make sense? So it's still relying on Christ. You only can appropriate that reward by faith, and some would say. But the problem with this is our primary problem as mankind isn't that we've stolen honor from God. We have. We fall short of the glory of God. But our primary problem is that as sinners, we've rebelled against God, and therefore we are children of wrath. We deserve the outpouring of God's just wrath against our sins. So it neglects God's justice, that sin demands a punishment, um, and it makes man's chief problem not sin and a need for righteousness, but merely an inability to bring enough glory to God, enough honor to God. Make sense? So there's some truth to it, but it's, uh, it's not enough to understand the full atonement. Okay, here's a popular one, a more popular one. Um, I don't know. Has anyone met someone who holds one of these false theories of the atonement before? I think the only, well, I think the only one would be the one we just did because, but maybe not. Mm. It's like there's a lot of people who believe in God and his power, but they're always still trying to mm-hmm. just do something yeah. <laughs> to be better, yeah. to get further with God. That's the main false theory of the atonement is that we can work our way into heaven, basically. Or that Christ's work wasn't enough and that we can add to it. Mm-hmm. Sari? So does Anselm's view differ from the idea of, because I've heard before, you know, Jesus' death gave a bank account that mm-hmm. is not. Is that kind of the same? Similar, yeah. Because that's, yeah, and that's, that's not anti-biblical that Christ has... Uh, surplus righteousness, if you will, that he then credits to our account. That's not unbiblical. It's just, uh, there's a word I keep, I keep losing it. It's not inferior, but it's not enough. It doesn't fully answer what is the atonement. Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay, so this one, the Christus Victor uh, theory, basically says that Christ is the victor, which is Christ the victor? Yeah, absolutely. And in Christ's death, did he destroy every enemy? His death, burial, resurrection, ascension, exaltation? Yeah, every enemy is defeated. Sin, he can forgive it because he paid for it. Uh, Satan, he's a defeated foe. Death, Jesus defeated death. It's the last enemy to be defeated, 1 Corinthians 15 says. Because he can give us his resurrection life. So Christ, yes, he is the victor. But here's how Gustav um, Allen, I don't know how to say his name, sorry. His book called Christus Victor, he says, The work of Christ is first and foremost a victory over the powers which hold mankind in bondage, sin, death, and the devil. Um, And this view is primarily a reaction against the true view of the atonement which is that Jesus satisfied the wrath of God toward our sins through his death. People don't like that. 
They don't like that blood had to be spilled. They think it's violent. And it is. Pretty gruesome. Um, so this is trying to say, well, he wasn't our substitute. He wasn't a sacrifice. Instead, it was his victory, a cosmic conquest, if you will. So, well, sorry, I shouldn't throw that up yet. What do you think? Are there pros with this view versus problems with this view? This may not even be a Bible verse. I got to say that one last year, but I can hear it. But is this something like God or Jesus died? It's not Bible verse. It's, it talks about Jesus dying, not. I just forgot it. That's something like not to do something, but to redeem us or save us from our sins or something. Like that. It's okay. No, it is. It is, but it's something like that. It would go with this because it's like um, he didn't come down to do something, but he came down to do. Yeah, he came not to. He says that in John. He came not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Yeah, that one. Is that it? That's what I was going for, but I don't know if it goes with this. But that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Definitely a related thought. Do you see any merit to this view? Yeah. Tim? Yeah, they didn't just need Christ to be the victor, but there needs to be a covering, a payment for sin. Yeah. So it does have the merit that Christ is victorious. Um, he did crush the head of the serpent. He did destroy death through his death, burial, resurrection. Um, he's defeated every foe. But that's not all that there is to the atonement. Um, it is hard to fathom a father who has his people rebel against him, and so he gives his own son to purchase that people. That is hard to comprehend. I don't know if that I would give my son to pay for anyone's wrongdoing. You know what I mean? But that is what God did. To satisfy his justice in his love, he gave his own son as the payment for sin. So we'll talk through some of those scriptures um, as it relates to the true view of the atonement. Any other thoughts on this one or questions? Just realize this is a representative view of the false theories of the atonement. As many people as there are who are unsaved, there's that many views of it, right? False views of it. But... I think there's a lot. There's some... There's some other ones too, I don't know if they'd be false views, but I hear a lot of people say, well, if we just do good, mm -hmm. I mean, we hope we go to heaven. Like, that's just like, we'll just be as good as we can on earth, and yep. we'll either go or we won't. Like, that's, that's, yeah, that's kind of the view people have. It's like, we don't really need anything, we just are going to try to be good and go to heaven. Yeah. I have time. a question. When people say that they worship Satan, what are the, I just heard this the other day. Someone said it. What exactly are they worshiping? Like, I don't understand 
Well, you think about it, we as humans understand that there's something beyond us. We're looking for power. That's really what it gets down to is Satan offers something. His power, control, prestige, possessions. Do you think that's legit? Absolutely. But then they couldn't be redeemed? Well, that's... There's there's no sin that can take you beyond the reach of God's redemption, beyond God's forgiveness. Sorry? While you're living. While you're living. That's right. Well, like, we have the whole Bible Mm -hmm. as, like, what we believe in and truth. But if you were to believe in Satan, then what, like, what do you study? Isn't or like, there what like do a you work? book of Satan? Is there? Yeah. Oh, sure. wow. Like the Satanic Who Bible? That? I don't know. I don't know. Don't be looking. See, that's where I was. <laughs> but there's, I feel like I've watched a couple documentaries where that it talks about, like, how these people are part of the Church of Satan. And I'm like, what? what? There's churches of Satan? Like, I guess I'm just in, under, living under a rock. Yeah, me too. And I like Honestly. it under there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's, like, Bibles, and they do, like, sacrifices and weird. I feel like it gets, I don't know. I think people, that's where it, like, gets into, like, this weird gray area where you're like, well, my husband people do witchcrafty things. And, and they're very big into, like, the, um, you know, the drinking the goat's blood. So for their wedding, they're gonna worship Satan and drink the no, goat's blood. No, what? They're like, are you coming? I'm like, I will not be able to make that. I'm so sorry. I am busy. Do that. We don't what? Oh wow, that's crazy. Well, I'd like to know who wrote that book and when it was written. Google it. No, I'm not gonna Google it. I don't even. <laughs> yeah, because there's somewhere in there that said that that's what I'm asking. Like, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you want to be a part of learn certain things about saying how to like defeat him, but there you don't want to like go looking in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There, right. It's, it's like, like I totally want to know what's in the Book of Mormon, but I don't want to read it. I've already read it, and because I went to Mormon school, and you read it after you read the Bible, and I, it blows my. I don't know how people believe it. Well, that's all they ever knew was they were raised. But even me, like I'll sit with my friends and I'll read the Bible and like about baptism. That's a big one we go to, and I'll just read it, and they're like. Oh, I see your point of view, but I'm going to stick with my mind. It's not my point of view. It's that I just read it to you. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. You didn't. But the Book of Mormon says, like, you know, you need certain things. So it just, yeah. It's wow. Yeah. Anyway. Did that answer what you were asking? No, no, not really. <laughs> I guess I had no idea that it was that, that, that it was that big. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why Halloween was such a big deal for me this year because I watched this guy and he like worshipped the devil and he said he sold his soul and that's why where he said he did sell his soul but then he like he he baptized his children to the devil and he said I like in um, blood or water I don't know but he said that he changed his life around and he accepted Christ into his heart. And he started mentoring his children and his family. And he said, it's scary. We don't, he's like, we do not celebrate Halloween because people are inviting you into their homes and they can attach things to you. In their religions, they want to attach 
bad things to you when you leave their home with your candy. And I was like, okay, Lamoille, we are not going to go treating. I was so traumatized. But they're bad. I mean, it's it's pretty dark what he was saying he had to go oh, through yeah. and get out of it. So that I do believe you can be saved out of that because honestly, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm. Yep. Satan's way more powerful than we give him credit for. That's why we shouldn't try to fight him on our own. Yep. First John 4 talks about that. Beloved, test the spirits to see whether they're from God. The spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, that is the one from God. If the spirit doesn't confess that, it's not from God. Um, and then he says, greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. Warren? That's right. Yep, that's the Ephesians 6. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So we put on the whole armor of God. Candace? I think the crazy thing to me is, like, there's some extremists that, like, are very openly following Satan. Yep. But then even just in this false theory, yep. it is so similar to mm -hmm. what we truly believe and what God tells us to believe that it's like, that's where I, I get more... Yeah. You know, because it's like just reading that, I'm like, well, yeah, he was victorious over, you know, the mm -hmm. powers of evil. So then it's like, be really careful because. Yeah. Well, that's why I like, I like the Bible. I always tell people, I'm like, I truly trust in the Bible because not only like, not just because I like believe in God, but it has not been proven false. Yep. Not one time. That's right. And so for me, that's like. Okay, nobody can prove cross. You can't prove me false because I found it out of the Bible. And if you can, please come to me. I'd like to know, but nobody has. So I'm like, and you can go see these mm -hmm. places and things that happen and documentation. And it's just like a huge history book. And so it's like, yeah. that gives me like hope, you know, and that like this is, that you cannot prove it false. It is real. Things that happen and they're still like this opinion. They're like, well, actually, it could have occurred in that many of days because they were saying it would take years. And now they're coming back and they're like, no, actually, we have learned that this could have happened in that many days. And so now they're coming out with new research that's saying, like, wow, the Grand Canyon was formed in that amount of days. Yeah. So it's just crazy. So the reason we took that long to talk about false theories of the atonement is to help us just to sharpen our minds to be more articulate in the truth and be on the watch for these false theories of the atonement, to understand the truth, though. So we'll talk more about these next time. But the true view of the atonement is what some would call penal substitutionary atonement, penal being that Christ's death was paying the penalty for our sin. Um, he suffered beneath God's just wrath. And then it's as a substitute. Jesus took our place. He was the sacrifice, our substitute. So we'll talk more about those uh, next time, but good discussion. That was fun. I heard, well, I heard something, and it was like, there was this guy, and he's like, when we teach.